Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast. Another week, another race in the books, and really another uh, chance to see this new rules package. And I feel like I'm perseverating on this rules package, so I won't go over the top on this week's episode. But you can't really uh, have a race and not talk about it when they completely flip the rules on their head and take away 200 horsepower. You can't really just act like the elephant isn't in the room, so to say. Pretty uh, tame race by most standards, I would say. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., if you don't listen to Radioactive, it comes out like three or four days after the race. Fox Sports puts it out. Fantastic. It's very cool to listen to the radio chatter of the teams, uh, for one thing. For another, it's very funny to listen to the radio chatter. Uh, You get absolute gems like Ricky Stenhouse Jr. spotter basically saying, hey, try not breaking in the corner. I think it was try not breaking in the corner. Give them a little more data to look at and see how the car performs. And Ricky comes back. He goes, I know how to drive this thing. It's my job to drive this car to the max of my abilities. And don't tell me how to do it. I know how to do it already. And then the clip goes silent, and it comes back to Ricky spinning out in, I think it was turn two, people dodging all around him, and then it's just silence from Ricky the rest of the race. But overall, a pretty good race. Kyle Busch with his historic 200th win, and that's going to be the topic topic of conversation for this episode of the podcast. Everyone's got an opinion on it. Everyone thinks about it one way or another. I don't really think see anyone in the middle on the subject it's kind of crazy how up in arms people are over Kyle Busch's 200 wins if he does have them if he doesn't if they count if they don't if they stack up to Richard Petty's if they are their own separate category what have you Uh, first and foremost we're talking two completely different eras of NASCAR and I try to stay unbiased with my opinions of drivers, because either way I have to report on them, and, you know, if I had a story to cover that was pretty negative about Jeff Gordon, I wouldn't want to, but I probably would still do it, or I would still do it, I should say, because that's part of it, and these negative stories about Kyle Busch, well, you have to counter them with some good ones and be fair to the guy. That's what I personally think. So, we're first... And foremost, we're talking two completely different eras of the sport. In Richard Petty's day, the reason, and this is coming straight from Richard Petty, the reason he won so many races was because, as he put it, he was the best. He was better than everyone else by just working on the car more than anyone else. That's what it was. NASCAR was a full-time job for him. And that's paraphrasing, of course, from an interview I did with him at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, and that'll be included in this uh, part of the podcast. It'll be, at the end of it, will be the interview with Richard Petty. The audio quality isn't the best, but forgive me, it was literally sitting outside the 43 hauler at the track with during an Xfinity practice, so I, I could not say no to the chance to interview the King. So, what does that mean where it's two completely different eras? To be fair, it's probably a lot harder today to win a cup race than it was for Richard Petty. Not that there wasn't a lot of competition and the competition wasn't fierce and beating and banging on each other's doors to win every race they possibly could, but by making NASCAR his full-time job, well, 
he had a bit of an advantage in that he was always turning wrenches on that car. And this is not at all to discredit Richard Petty. There is no doubt that he is the best. There is no doubt. 200 wins in the cuff level. Absolutely a record that I doubt will ever be beat unless more races are added to the schedule. And that's another, that brings me to to my next point, the other big argument that people make is, well, there were more races in Richard Petty's career, there was a smaller car count, this, that, and the other. And if you go back and you look at the stats, roughly the average car count was 30 to 32 for Richard Petty's races. Granted, now it's probably closer to 36 or 38. There's 40 slots, but the track is never really full except for the Daytona 500 and other big races. At the cup level, that is. The truck is a completely different story. However, the car count wasn't that much smaller. They were, there were more wrecks. There were more mechanical failures back then, but he would, Richard Petty would be just as susceptible to them as everybody else. There's also the argument that there's more races. It's only by three or four more races per year. So let's say there's four more races per year. Assuming Richard Petty won all four of those extra races, you know, that's still such a small amount compared to the grand scheme of 200 wins that it's not exactly comparable. And this isn't to take away from either driver. Richard, As I just said, Richard Petty's a fantastic driver. And love him or hate him, Kyle Busch is a very talented driver. And to discredit him by saying the wins in the lower series don't count is not quite the right way to approach it, I personally think. And is it different for him racing against this younger group of less talented drivers because they haven't had as much experience as him. Yeah, it's a lot easier for him to go and win those races. But then again, that's his equipment that he's putting on the line and that he's setting up. And granted, he's not personally there turning the wrenches on the car or whatnot or tuning the engine, what have you. But he knows what's going on. It's his team. It's his name and everything else. And to put himself in that position to win those races so many times, it's, it's hard to argue that that doesn't take talent. And it's it comes down to a question of, is that talent worthy of considering those in his win count to compare it to Richard Petty when he's racing against these other younger drivers with less experience, less talent, less time in the seat, really? And granted, one day the record may be challenged for most career wins over all three series, but... You have to be fair to the guy. 200 wins over those three series even, that's pretty incredible. Averaging almost 70 wins per series is pretty notable. And you look at the win percentage, it's unprecedented how much he wins. And that's what it's all about. And whether that's, whether you think he may be cheating, uh, you know, an accusation of cheating, or he's just that much better than everyone else because they're all younger, they have less time in the seats and everything else. It just, you can't take away how well he truly has done. So when it comes down to it, is Kyle Busch better than Richard Petty? Probably not. If you put them in modern cars, both of them driving at their peak side by side, yeah, Richard Petty would probably win. If you look at it in terms of championships... It's not even close. You know, Kyle Busch has one championship. Richard Petty has far more. And you look at it at cup level wins. Kyle Busch has 53. 
54. Richard Petty has 200. So the stats aren't comparable. You can't stack them up side by side and call them the same. But they are both notable in their own way. And to take away from Kyle would be just discrediting him. In other NASCAR news, the Truck Series is coming back. Returning to Martinsville. It's going to be a fantastic race. This is the famous... uh, it's almost a one-year anniversary from Noah Gregson's win at the paperclip. And then being so excited at that win, he climbs out of the car, throws up on the wall, <laughs> and then goes to victory lane and parties like there's no tomorrow because, boy, he just won his first ever truck race. And it's, it's going to be a really good race. This podcast will be out by the time the race starts. So I'm trying something new. I'm speculating on the truck race. And DGR Crossley should be good. They've got Tyler Ankrum and David Gilliland driving for them. Just your weekly DGR Crossley update. Uh, In Anthony Alfredo news, because I seem to have made that a segment, I guess, to talk about him and how he's doing. Not racing this weekend. He'll be back at Texas. Raced in the Gander NASCAR Outdoor Truck Series. No, Gander Outdoor NASCAR Truck Series, excuse me. Uh, the Pro Invitational at Martinsville Speedway, 100 laps on iRacing. It was something else to watch. I was spotting for Anthony for that race. You may have seen my tweet about it, at Bottled Up Radio on Twitter. I was spotting for him. And the one biggest takeaway is that there are guys on $15,000 sim rigs that still cannot drive for the life of them. But you throw them in a truck, and they are some of the best drivers in the world. It's it's funny that I could go out, and on iRacing, I could compete with these guys one-on-one. But you get in an actual truck, and they would blow me out of the water. Or a street stock, or late model, or really anything. I would get blown out of the water, as would anyone else. But... With the wonderful world of technology, you can take them on and do well. So, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, I don't usually like to throw in, you know, recordings or interviews or anything at the end of podcasts. Usually they're their own episode. This interview was only a couple minutes long. I couldn't keep them, you know, held up for too many minutes here because there were fans waiting behind that wanted autographs and I just didn't want to bug him and pretty much just walk over with the microphone and say, hey, can you talk to me and put this on the record or whatever. Uh, at my first ever position, interviewing at a track and doing media at a track. And small update on that. I'm looking to go to Pocono, probably not Dover, unfortunately, but both Pocono races, Watkins Glen, New Hampshire, and I feel like I'm forgetting one. And if I yell out a track name in a couple minutes, I, that means I've remembered it. But... It's going to be absolutely fantastic this summer, so more interviews at the track, more interviews with drivers and everything else, so be excited for that. I'm very, very excited to get back at a track in the media center working there. It's going to be absolutely great, but attached here at the end is going to be the interview with Richard Petty. It was recorded at New Hampshire Motor Speedway for the July race of 2018, uh, recorded outside the 43 hauler. Excuse the audio quality. But thank you again so much for listening to this slightly shorter than normal episode of Bottled Up on Wiley Radio. If you uh, are so inclined and interested, give me a follow over on Twitter, at Bottled Up Radio. That's where I tweet everything out, tweet links to the shows when they're updated and everything else. Just keeping everyone in the loop. Some NASCAR talk, polls go up, 
I try and talk to people as often as I can. It's a good time over on Twitter. But again, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Bottled Up on Wiley Radio. Pick it up. So we're lucky enough to be here today with the legendary Richard Petty. So first off, how are you doing today? Everything's going good so far. Last beautiful day. Yeah, it's pretty hot out, but you're nice here in the shade. Had a pretty good practice this morning for you guys. Were you running the qualifying trim or the practice trim, do you know? Yeah, we're, we're just running race trim, and uh, we don't know what we're going to do qualifying. Right, so I imagine this is a pretty exciting track to come to. You've had a lot of success here, but you've had a lot of success everywhere you went. So the one question that always was on my mind is what put you so far ahead, you know, almost 100 wins ahead of the guy in second. So what What made, was it they weren't good enough or you just found something that nobody else did? Well, this combination, uh, you know, from the standpoint with Dale Inman, you know, being my crew chief and my brother building the engine and stuff, we were, we were probably more of a family operation than anybody was. And in doing that, we're probably closer from the pit crew and the guys worked on the car. And our ambition was to, you know, beat everybody. And uh, so uh, I guess we probably win more races than anybody else. I probably helped us win more also. There you go, because you just wanted more. So how do you, um, you've, been, you've never, you know, held your opinion back about where the sport's going and everything else, and for the most part, you've been correct on pretty much everything you've said. So where do you see the sport five years from now? It's, it's really hard to say. It's changing so much, and we're right in the process of changing all of our heroes that's been there for, you know, the last eight, eight 10, 12 years with Jeff Gordon, you know, guys like that retiring. Jimmy Johnson's on his way out, you know what I mean? So we're getting a bunch of new guys, you know, like Bubba is working with us now. You know, he's a new guy, 22, 23 years old. So all the guys are new, and it's going to take a while for the fans to pick up on, you know, who they're going to pull for for the next whatever. And so uh, we really don't know who, who our leader is going to be as far as who's going to dominate the racing for, uh, in the near future. Right, and I mean, as a young fan myself, I had to make that decision. My idol was Jeff Gordon growing up, okay. and seeing him uh, leave the sport was heartbreaking, but, you know, seeing new people come in, it, it reinvigorated me and uh, got me just as excited, and now we do have the younger guys, like you said. Right. So what are, where do you see, you know, William Byron and those younger guys, like you mentioned, Bubba Wallace and everybody else in the next couple of years? Do you see them as champions in the next three to four years? Yeah. Some of them's got to be. They're the ones running, okay? Yeah. So they're going to be the guys that's winning races. And, you know, who who steps forward, forward and kind of dominates like Jeff Gordon did or Jimmy Johnson does. There'll be one of that crowd that's coming through that is a little bit better than the rest of them or has better luck or, you know. And then you, you don't know who it's going to be. So right now, uh, NASCAR is wide open looking, looking for a new hero. Right. And I won't take up uh, too much of your afternoon. There's fans everywhere. Everyone's excited to see you. But the, what's the first car you ever drove on the street? Uh, <laughs> it's really hard to say. I think the 52 Chrysler, I think, was the first thing I ever drove. 
Yeah, it's always an interesting story on what was the first, you know, thing they drove. I remember Corey LaJoy was telling me he used to pick up girls by uh, having a Nintendo 64 in the back of his car. He'd ask them if they wanted to play Mario Kart, so. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't like to. I live that in the country. <laughs> well, it's been great talking to you, sir. The winningest driver in history all around. Fantastic person, so thank you. All right, y'all have a good day. You as well.